You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pull Box Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Finley. And this is our 19th episode. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the book Irredeemable by uh, Mark Wade and Peter Krause. Um, and who, who, who suggested it? This is our reader poll for the yeah. month. So who suggested this one? This one was suggested by Craig Elliott. And he said that he was so taken by Irredeemable after this first graphic novel that he had to immediately go out and buy the next couple. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's pretty compelling. And I, um, my, my first, just first comments right out the gate is I, I agree. It, it was kind of right off the bat, um, pretty compelling. So what's this about? Tell us what it's so like. irredeemable is uh, this is what like our, our fourth uh, of these I think it's like our fourth or fifth of these um, alternate takes on the superhero genre right uh, it's it's sort of a, a deconstruction of superhero comics so it's about <clears throat> it's about a Superman type figure um, what's his name uh, the Plutonian the Plutonian that's right yeah. Um, so he's a, he's a Superman type character, uh, and instead of, um, instead of being the, the super altruistic ideal version of Superman, um, when he, basically when he reveals himself as the Plutonian to his girlfriend, she has, has the opposite reaction of a Lois Lane, right? She freaks Um, out. And, and so the, it's, it's, I think it's less about actually about his character than it is about the world that he inhabits. He doesn't inhabit the, the sort of, um, super comic booky world of DC comics. It's more of a, of a real world. So, so the world kind of reacts to him in a different way. He can hear everything that everybody says, just like Superman, but what he hears is, not always great and instead of just sort of shrugging it off he he takes a lot of it to heart and ends up becoming through sort of through a series of events becoming a super villain instead of being a hero and and it's a little bit unclear as to what exactly made him snap right like right. The, well, the exact moment there we see a few of these things that lead up to it yeah and i think that that's going to be moment. that's definitely going to be the ongoing thing throughout <clears throat> yeah. this entire series i think it's like 9 or 10 volumes or something like that yeah um but yeah there's two parts to this the series there's the part the the present day which the world is being yes. kind of taken over or destroyed bit by bit by the plutonian who's the greatest supervillain in the world and then there's and and it's focusing on a little group of heroes, which I guess is like the the Justice League or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, as, What's left of it? Yeah. <laughs> as they figure out how to stop him by interviewing a bunch yeah. of people, and through the series of flashbacks, we're we're being told the story of um, kind of how he went from being the greatest hero in the world to to becoming the greatest villain in the world. And I, I'm sure 
we're not going to really fully find out for yeah. a couple of volumes at least. Yeah, and they're kind of they're kind of in search for any clues that they can find <clears throat> as to like his weaknesses. Yeah. Um, because there's really there's only one one character in this con in this universe that's ever been able to really uh, uh, slow down the Plutonian. He's never really defeated the Plutonian per se, but sort of his Lex Luthor. Um, but this guy has disappeared. I can't remember his name because it's something really weird. Yeah, I'll but, look it up. Um, I don't know. For me, it. Uh, I, so reading it, it was really funny because going into it, I was like, oh, cool. I have never read Irredeemable, but it's one that I've been meaning to read. But reading the first chapter, I was suddenly reminded that I have actually read some of Irredeemable. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, as I was going through, I was like, this is really familiar. And I don't know if that's just because we've been reading so many of these types of books or because so many of these types are out there like maybe it has something in common with like rising stars or one of the previous comics that we've read and then it got to the point where he reveals himself to his girlfriend and i was like no i've definitely read this and i haven't double checked this but i'm fairly certain that a few years ago maybe not this past year but maybe the year before um they had done boom had done a an irredeemable free comic book day first issue oh, okay to try and get people hooked but that wasn't the first issue that he revealed his identity isn't it that was yeah it's in issue two okay um but anyway you've so seen yeah, this before so yeah i've definitely i've definitely read parts of it before okay um that free comic book day issue might have had it might have bits been and pieces bits or, and pieces yeah. put together um, compiled to get people into it. But, um, yeah, so going through it, I mean, it's, I'm going to have a lot of the same criticisms that I had with, with, uh, uh, powers and, uh, Astro city. And that's just that for me, when you, whenever you're doing these, I don't know. And this is, I'll contrast it with invincible because invincible to me manages to do it properly when it comes to creating a world full of superheroes that already exists. That's familiar, but at the same time new. But with with uh, with powers, it was definitely forced um, and a little bit, uh, to me, a little bit juvenile because it was a little bit of like, and this one's like Wonder Woman, but she's super sexy, so that's even better right like it's sort of like like there's this weird it's i i don't it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek i think but it but it within the context of that world it didn't work because it was so serious and then with astro city it is so blatantly just this one's wonder woman this one's batman this one's superman this one's this character right that it was just a little bit too much um with well like without I said, them branching out to being their own character yeah yeah and, uh, where, well where, and where invincible when right then is the main character yeah. then isn't a one of those superheroes he he's his own unique yes character created for the book who happens to live in a, a world that has a superman type character and yeah. a batman type yeah. character um where irredeemable does it well is in the plutonian i think i think like the plutonian it's it's pointed right like it's a it's a it's it's like i said it's a deconstruction and i think more so than astro city or powers like this is more of like an essay on 
the character of Superman. Um, so the Plutonian being the Plutonian as opposed to the Kryptonian, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's it's it like it's very obvious. It's very like face value. He works in at a radio station instead yeah. of a newspaper, but yeah. for the same reasons, right? So that he can be close to the news, so that he can deal with stuff when it happens. His girlfriend is a it works at the station right like there, there's all this stuff that's like very much this is this is a lois and clark this is a superman story it's just yep. here are some twists to make it a little bit different and then we're going to take it in this other direction right where i find irredeemable falls short is in the supporting cast there's a couple of characters in there that are kind of interesting but for the most part they to me, they feel like they feel like really sloppy versions of superheroes. They don't feel very well thought out, and their powers aren't defined at any point. So we have no no idea of what to expect or or why we should care, and and they just start dying. Right. right? Well, and, that's and it's the thing. like who who cares? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care that these characters died. They don't spend enough time on them before they die, <laughs> yeah. and they're they're just largely forgettable characters. Yeah. I don't know any yeah. of their names. Going yeah. like thinking of back at it or anything like that. So the story really is about irredeemable uh, about the Plutonian, and I think yeah. that that'll probably be a common thing throughout this whole series if we continue yeah. to read it. Is that um, new heroes will come and then they're going to die because yeah. that's just what's going to happen. So it, it, don't get too attached to any of them. It's interesting because I think the the one comic that is the best version of this type of comic is is Watchmen, which we've never really... I don't think we've ever really talked that much about Watchmen. Maybe right. we mentioned it a little bit in the Astro City episode. But <clears throat> um, the, this Irredeemable does a lot of the same things that Watchmen does. Watchmen, to me, focuses more on the Batman character. Right of, yeah. of of the owl the man. the two owlmans right yeah. and sort of uh, the because it's more about the mystery right so you're it's more of a detective comics sort of thing and this is more of an action comics version of that but where Watchmen again much like Invincible does it like nails it perfectly is in that it it establishes new characters based on um, established archetypes. But does it it does it in a fresh enough way that it doesn't feel like it's a copycat, but but it also rings true, right? Because right. because the Watchmen's version of Superman is is um, oh my god, his name just fell out of my head. What's the 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 blue guy? Um, Manhattan. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan. Right, like that's their version of Superman or uh, Alan Moore's version of Superman. Yeah, and. It's a very different version of Superman, but right. Owlman is very much just Batman, right? right? I mean, like, you look at him, it's like, it's Batman. To the point that Batman's Earth 2 version or something, well, it, yeah, exactly. pre-New 52, pre-New 52 is Owlman, right? Yeah. Like, it's, like, there are, there are connections there. Um, but the, all of those other characters, like, they're... Like they don't have a, they don't have direct analogs necessarily. They don't have their version of the Flash. They don't have their version of the 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 Green Lantern or Wonder Woman. They have archetypical superheroes that, that fit yeah. into the genre that we understand. 
Irredeemable has one archetypical superhero that we understand. Actually, that's not entirely true. There's a couple of other ones that get briefly mentioned because there is very obviously a Batman yeah, analog they in it because they go into his Batcave. Right yeah, but he's dead before the comic even starts. And didn't right? that happen in um, Invincible as well? The Batman character. Yes. Pretty cool. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't think he doesn't get involved. Uh, introduced until close to the end of that first. And that's not even the first volume. That, I think that's like the second volume okay. or something like that, right? He still because dies pretty he, early in the story, and yeah. I think you kind of have people had, expect he, that character to yeah. come and take out the Superman guy. Yeah, he has all of like like I think three pages before yeah. he gets killed <laughs> by uh, by by Invincible's father. Yeah, by uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. So well, and this one is definitely a copy. Like, I'm sorry, Irredeemable, the Plutonian yeah. is definitely a copy of Superman, right? Right from like all of his powers are the same. Yeah. Um, they're not trying to to make him different because no. they want to tell a Superman story, yeah. um, but it happens to be at a different yeah. publisher, and that but, was the problem yeah. with Astro City. Uh, that's the problem with this one. I personally don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. um, if they want to tell a Superman story, I'm accepting that I, for yeah, what it is. My my thing with it is that, and the reason why I, I I lean more towards Irredeemable as a way to do that than than the way that it's done in Astro City, is that Astro City doesn't challenge Superman. It just rewrites some Superman stories, right? I mean, like we talked That's about true, it a lot yeah. in that in that episode. He's not the greatest character he, in that book at he all. He wanted to write a story about Superman and Wonder Woman going on a date and DC wouldn't let him, so he wrote Astro City. So like and and has Superman and Wonder Woman go on a date. Now nothing is different about Superman or Wonder Woman. They just have different names and different costumes. Yeah. But in this it like I said at the at the beginning of this, it's it's, it's a big what pointed. If. Right, like, yeah. like, it, like Mark Wade isn't trying to hide the fact that this is Superman. And if you said to him, "So you just basically told Superman without Superman," he would go, "Yeah, absolutely. That was the whole point." Yeah. Like, right. like, yeah, he would probably roll his eyes at you and go, "Like, we don't even need to talk about that." <laughs> like, it's. It, I thought I made it like blaringly obvious that this is a Superman archetype. Like, this is a carbon copy. That yeah. this could all almost, if it weren't. Boom! If it were Vertigo, or if it were some other like DC Warner Brothers related imprint, you could almost say this is an Elseworlds DC story, right? Right. Yep. The only place, like I said, where it falls short is that those supporting characters, the other heroes, I don't care if they live or die, yep. and I have no idea who any of them are or <laughs> what they like. I understand the stakes because obviously the world is at at. Yep at stake in this whole story but i don't understand their individual stakes because i don't understand like like who's the next powerful character most powerful character we don't know well, there's I, no yeah. real like hierarchy to the heroes there's the one super smart guy with the ice cream cone haircut <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> that i just i hate that design but um that that seems to be the most together with it but but it just like it's irrelevant. Like to me, the if you just stuck with the the Plutonian and you just told a story from his perspective, if it didn't have the flashback uh, structure, I think I would probably enjoy it more. If it was right. just a straightforward story and we just started at the point where things start to go south for him, and then we followed the character on that journey, and then eventually we get to the point where he has destroyed part. But I understand that that with something like this 
especially you need to see the a future first, first. Yeah, you want to get to the point, right? Yeah. But it, to me, it's the sort of thing where, where personally I would have done like the first three pages would have been the end of the story, the very end, not where this starts, but like the very end of like the the planet's been obliterated, like he's the only one left, and he just sort of. Uh, if that's where it goes because i don't know but like i would assume that he's unstoppable so it's just him sitting on a desolate planet and it says earth and you're like but that's not earth earth has people on it um and then you go back to the beginning of the story and you tell it in a linear fashion but i i'm not a huge fan of flashbacks it's not really like i i kind of find that it's a bit of a tired trope and it's it is a bit um i think it's a little bit lazy it, well, because, it depends on how you use them. I mean, yeah. like, I loved them in Lost. That was the whole point of that show. Yes, and they, they did it really absolutely. well. Um, this one, because they're because of the flashbacks, the supporting <clears throat> cast doesn't get any screen time, yeah. which is, the, that's the main reason. And if we didn't have those flashbacks, we'd be able to actually focus on those characters yeah. some more. So and develop the relationships before the betrayals, right? Yeah. Because the one, the, the kid... The um, I can't remember his name because their names are all like with tongue Matt? twisters. Oh, with the guy in the in, in the in sidekick the, character. Yeah, yeah, like his sidekick. We're getting we the have aftermath to be, and the and the setup yeah, at the same time. We have to be told so. in one panel these guys were the closest. So the fact that he's dead is devastating. Yeah, we shouldn't need to be told that. It would yeah. be better if we actually saw the relationship, yeah. and then it was devastating. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I, and it's a little surprising that Mark Wade would not have um, told that a little better because he's a seasoned comic book writer. Like he's done great. Yeah, stuff. well, he's a, he's a fantastic writer, right? I mean, yeah. he's. he's uh... But he does. He still. What he has done well is in these flashback stories. I those are the best parts, like you say. Yeah. Um, because. Going through that in a linear fashion, um, finding out just the fall of this great superhero yeah. is completely compelling. I've yes. really enjoyed that part. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it uh, just seeing where that like that part has been um, really well told. Um, so I, I would like to see. Part of it is also that there's only four issues, so I yeah. don't know if um, it doesn't really get into it too much. It, we're just sort of we're spending so much time setting up the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, um, like, he could have, in a typical trade in Marvel and DC, it's like six issues at yeah. least. Um, so if if Boom had let Mark Wade have six issues to say, we want to collect the first six issues into a trade, yeah. so you have two more issues to tell these first four issues worth of stories, um, he probably would have been able to expand on these characters and get us to know them a little bit better yeah. but it does seem a little rushed because they're cramming a lot into not as much space yeah yeah for sure yeah um so i wonder if it's an editorial issue there yeah it might be it might be because it does like it reads really quickly and yeah. what, by the time that you get to that i understand where where uh, uh craig was coming from in that like you finish the first issue or the first volume, and you immediately want to read the rest of the story. You want to start reading something else because it hasn't started yet. <laughs> yeah, because and yeah, but like for me, like that's almost a drawback because if I get through four issues and I haven't figured out what's going on yet, like if I if I if I'm not, I don't know if it's not the train hasn't even left the station. I'm kind of like uh, it's it, it's a this is yeah. I mean, it's just this is a very first issue. Um, collection even yeah. though it's four issues because at the very end of the this this volume 
we see exactly how far he w- is willing to go. Um, he yeah. in, the, in the last issue, he goes to the UN and says, "I want." Which to is be when a, it gets interesting. Yeah, I want to be the ruler of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if you're not going to do that, here's what's going to happen. And he essentially sinks an island full of people. Yeah. So they're all gone. Um, and that is and what one of my favorite parts is that the the heroes go to that island because they have these teleportation bracelet things. Yeah. Um, and. It, in the beginning of the story, when they have them, you're like, oh, this is a little bit deus ex machina, right? Like, it's like, oh, we have these two-way communicators that yeah. also teleport us out of trouble, <laughs> so we're never really in that much trouble. And then, at the end of it, it gets twisted, and and uh, they're, the, the heroes are there, and the Plutonian destroys all of their, their little wrist things, except for one of them. Yeah. And he says to the guy, he's like, he's like you can pick ten. Ten people to save. You can save ten people, but the rest of these people die. Yeah. Right? And it's like, it's almost... Well, and then um, he arbitrarily picks ten people, the hero, whatever his name is, and then the Plutonian kills those ten people. Yeah. It's like, that's the way this is going to work, guys. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, he, he, he just, he's... He has a lesson to teach, and it's whether whether or not he's right is irrelevant. Like the the compelling thing about the Plutonian's character is that much like Superman, it's it's the opposite, right? And being a huge Superman fan, this is what makes the character fun to read. Superman, his whole thing is lead by example, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's in it's in the the Donner Superman movies when when Jor El says to him. They can be a great people. They only need the light to show them the way, right? Yeah. Like, and that's Superman's role is to not to be uh, the Superman who rules us and tells us what to do, but to be the 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 ideal for all of us to strive towards, right? Yeah. But with the Plutonian, he takes the opposite approach, which is if you won't listen. I'm going to make you listen. Yeah, so he's almost, yeah. he's actually, there's a little bit of like Anakin Skywalker in there as well. Right. So it's kind of Superman by way of Anakin Skywalker, which is, I think what makes the character so interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. and, and probably why I want to spend more time with him because when we get to that, that United Nations scene and he, they're talking about him and the one guy's like, he has super hearing. He hears everything we're saying right now. There's nothing secret about this. And yeah. then he shows up and he's like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm the king of the planet. Anybody who disagrees, tell me now so that I can obliterate your countries. Yeah. And it's like that just, that's compelling to me. Like that's an interesting story. But yeah. then the superheroes all like we have to find his weakness and it's <laughs> we got to we have to go into his flashbacks and find out what what makes him i uh, i uh, what like what what he's weak to or whatever and it's like, that but that, that is interesting it, the story to always kind of drags to me when it gets to those points we'll see um i'm a big fan of um this, there's a show called Bates Motel okay. which is um the it's it's based on the old Alfred Hitchcock movie Psycho. Yeah. And Norman Bates is revealed this is a big spoiler if you haven't seen this, you know, fifty, sixty year old movie. Um <laughs> spoilers is, for Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big he's the villain in the end. He's yeah. the guy who's killing everybody, right? And so this T V show, Bates Motel, is about him as a kid. He's just moved into that house that you see in the movie. Okay. Um, but he's a normal kid. So what are the events in his life yeah. that make him turn psycho? 
Yeah. Okay. And so the whole series is this, and they're on season three or something, I think now. And we, he, you can slowly see things starting to chip away at him, yeah. and it's fascinating. Yeah. Just the yeah. way the human psyche works in that way, and I'm excited to see this the same way. What are those things that are going to chip away? Because it's not just the fact that his girlfriend blabbed his secret identity to everybody. Yeah. Um, because that problem was taken care of pretty quick. Like yeah. no one, the world didn't find out about him. No. Um, they, he solved that problem by being a little just with some brute force, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there, there have to be a multiple series of events yeah. that have happened to turn him yeah. to go completely nuts. Yeah. And that's what's going to be the wild. Yeah. That yeah. That in. that is that is interesting to me. Like the I guess the flashbacks themselves. Are are interesting because, like I said, I would like it if it was a linear story. Yeah, it's the it's the the. I I think I'm I think I'm tired of post apocalyptic stuff as well. Like <laughs> that also, um, it just feels so played out. And I know that this is from a few years ago. It's not like this is a, a recent comic, but just where I'm at right now in 2015, the. I I I like post post apocalypse. Right, so stuff like Xenozoic, I, I, where it's that much further into the future that the apocalypse has already happened, and society is rebuilding. Yeah, and society itself. is yeah. coming back. Like that's interesting to me. But that Walking Dead type of era of like everything's gone to hell in a handbasket, and we're just trying to survive, and <laughs> um, the the constant like running from threats thing, it just. I, I it to me it's 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 contrived drama. It's like you put your characters in that setting and then you immediately like they're they're constantly in peril. So you never have to worry about where the drama is coming from. So the characters don't have to be compelling because the world is supposed to be the compelling part. So like to to use Walking Dead as an example, um <clears throat> when they uh, hunker down in one place and start to figure out how to work things out between yeah. themselves. That's when I like The Walking Dead. Right. When everything uh, uh, goes wrong and they have to go on the run again, that's when I get tired of of that series. And like the TV series, they've been perpetually on the run since like season three so right. i'm done with the show because it's just we're gonna run to this place that's hopefully a safe haven oh turns out it's not a safe haven we're gonna run to the next right. place well, that's a safe haven yeah. right and it's like the, as soon as they hunker down into a place and you know start growing their vegetables yeah. and start having babies and whatever it's like that's not interesting tv anymore right to, to some people <laughs> to some people right but yeah like to me i, I don't know that that for me is when it does get interesting and and then it's about the characters but if you don't have strong characters or you don't have people who want to write strong characters or you don't have viewers who want to watch shows about strong characters lost being a really great example where people wanted to watch that show in order to uh, uh figure out the mysteries right they wanted to know about this overarching mythology yeah but that's not what that show was ever about that right. show was about the flashbacks the the island and all of that was a framing device to explore the backgrounds of these people right. and there was some drama on the island itself that made that that much more interesting but that show in its inception was about the flashbacks yeah. that's what it was about right so um 
I, I don't know. Like the 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 thing for me is that I think that you can develop a world and tell a story about a world in one issue of a comic book, and that that's fine. But from then on out, I want to know about the characters. Like I'm still reading through Invincible. Um, I'm I'm on the third of like the big collected ones like the oversized collected ones um and i'm just kind of reading it in between other stuff and it's not the world that i find compelling it's the characters that i find compelling right i want to know what happens to mark i want to know what happens to eve i want i want to know what their stories are going to be even like the side characters for me it's like uh as you get further into it robot becomes a fascinating character and when you're first introduced to him, you wouldn't think that he's right. just kind of, you think he's just kind of this one thing. And, and that's why I keep reading that. The reason why I would keep reading Irredeemable is for the Plutonian. But the reason why I wouldn't keep reading Irredeemable is because of the, I think 60% of the other stuff right. that needs to get sort of. Well, and maybe it does. And, and, and it maybe it does in could. the second and third episode. Yeah. If you've read all of Redeemable, you can write in and tell us because yeah. we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my, my cousin, Craig, who recommended this book, lent me this plus like the next seven or eight volumes. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to at least give it another couple of volumes to see, see how, how it compelling it is. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I, it's, it, um, it's a good foundation. I do. I like, I, I, I don't know. I'm coming off a little bit harsh. I did enjoy it, yeah. but there, I just have problems with it. That's all. So one of the problems I had with this book is that the the artist isn't the strongest storyteller yes so the um he's got some really great drawings he reminds me of kind of a um a late 90s or early 2000s like dan jurgens when he was on okay. spider-man yeah. or superman yeah. like in that era yeah. um he's got a lot of that kind of style um but there are just some sequences especially some of the sequences the action sequences where i just can't follow the action as well as i probably should yeah um, and so it, it, I, it, some of these pages I had to reread a couple times just to make sure I'm, I'm figuring out who it is that's dying or yeah. throwing the punches yeah. or that kind of thing. So that was, that's one of the drawbacks from, for me in this, um, which it, for the most part, it's fine. Um, I could, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Good. Cool. Uh, well, I guess that's it for, uh, irredeemable. Yeah. Uh, then the other episodes we're going to be releasing this month involve uh, Lumberjanes, which is Mike's pick. Uh, you'll see that on the 10th um, of October. Yep. And then um, my pick is Dylan Dog, which you'll get on the 20th. And cool. yeah, we'll talk about those in future episodes. And I guess we could also say that we have a special guest um, coming up in a future episode, probably sometime yep. in November. Um, and the special guest is Kristen Goodsnuck, who is the creator writer artist of hench girl which we had talked about in a previous episode yeah so we are excited to have her on the show and we'll let you know um what comic we'll be talking about with her um later on when it's uh when when we figure that out okay (laughs) we're a little closer to it yeah yeah good well that's it for us of course, you can uh, keep up to date with everything Pullbox Podcast by heading to pullboxpodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pullboxpodcast and on Twitter at pullboxpodcast. 
Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And at Curtis Findlay. Curtis with a K, Findlay with F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And, uh, and of course, I, I, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, so you can check out all of the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. And, uh, and you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can chip in and, uh, and, and help support us at the cost of, of hosting podcast files and whatnot. Um, and, uh, and, and also get some cool perks. I, for instance, if you wanted to listen to all three comics, uh, listen to us talk about everything from, from this month, uh, you could pledge and get everything early. So you'll get, basically get it all at once and you can listen to the whole episode, uh, as opposed to throughout the month. Um, yeah. So, uh, you can do that. You can also... I head there and at the $15 level you basically get to pick a book uh, and and actually record a 20 minute segment with us uh, and and uh, and we will we'll read your book we'll it'll it'll be on the podcast and uh, and that, that'll be uh, uh, sort of its own thing now with our new format so so that's uh, at $15 that's that's all it takes to, to tell us what to read. And uh, and actually get to be on the podcast and talk to us mm-hmm. uh, about that comic. Um, so so those are some of the great perks that you get uh, by being a, a, a supporter over at Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack, as well as access to, to stuff from all of our other podcasts. So um, that's uh, that's uh, we we thank everybody for supporting us through Patreon, and we hope that you'll go check it out. And if it's for you, uh, that's cool. Otherwise. Uh, it's all good. Uh, the podcast will always be free. Um, I, so yeah, uh, that that does it for this episode of the Pullbox Podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. <laughs>